Hi, welcome to the Pedestrian Fest podcast. My name is Michael Amland, where we talk about whatever we want to talk about. Hey everyone, it's Michael. Today on the show, we have Brian Lambert and Mark Schuster from the band The Star Crumbles. They have recently put out their debut album, The Ghost of Dancing Slow, and it's available now on all streaming platforms. Uh, if you're a fan of 80s alternative, including Joy Division, The Cure, Echo and the Bunnymen, etc., I think you'll find plenty to love in their album. I personally enjoy it. It's a great listen. There's a lot of uh, sonic kind of uh, throwbacks to stuff from that decade, but also cool stuff that, you know, you could kind of only achieve uh, with today's technology. So I really think they get the atmosphere and feeling of those bands and those records, but it's totally their own take on it. And it is really unique and enjoyable. Uh, the discussion on this episode, you know, we talk about the origins of their band, how they met, uh, their amazing um, behind the music style documentary. Um, if you read their bio, the way they approach the uh, the band is sort of like this kind of lost band from the 80s, uh, which is really cool and fun. Um, that documentary is amazing, and I'll link to it below. below. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite aspects of this conversation is kind of talking about the lyrical themes of the album and how uh, they kind of deal with ghosts of their past through these songs, which is really interesting. Um, you know, great conversation with these guys was you know they were so awesome with their time um i had a great time uh, recording this i hope you enjoy listening to it as always thank you for listening and now here are the star crumbles hey how are you doing hey there guys how are you good. doing good good hey thanks for coming on the podcast oh absolutely <laughs> yeah yes. really really appreciate you guys coming on um do y'all want to you know I, I don't. I really don't know much about the band. So, can you all tell a little bit about Star Crumbles? How you guys, you know, met? What kind of what the history is of the band? Sure. Yeah, Brian, do you want to start? Uh, yeah. Um, I suppose uh, it was on Twitter. To be like the simple answer it was on Twitter. But I was in cool. the midst of probably like right in the middle of doing a fifty-two week music production challenge. Oh, wow. uh, where I was dropping a song a week for a whole year and I guess I caught Mark's attention and uh, he started commenting on the music and then uh, reached out for an interview and that's how the genesis of it and then we just have a lot in common about musically and back and forth and uh, when we finished when I finished the challenge uh where i'd already gotten some assists from mark with some mixes and feedback and some actual uh collaboration on one of the tunes uh i finished it and he's like hey i've got some music you're done doing your challenge <laughs> what do you think you can do of it and you know 10 songs later we have an album yeah that's yeah, really and, cool yeah and it was like um i was really impressed with the music Brian was making and the fact that he was putting a song out every week for a full year. And I just, I guess in my head, it was always, well, if you want something done, give it to the guy who has 10 other things on his plate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, yeah. And so it was, um, and, and like Brian's saying, we had a lot in common musically just in terms of, I mean, genres that we like, but also in terms of right down to, being able to geek out over things like compression or limiters or, you know, what, what de-esser are you using in your DAW? Right. Things like that. Right. And it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, there are not a whole lot of people you can talk to about something like that. Certainly. Yeah. I mean, the email I sent him yesterday was like about how we got a symbol to do a certain thing with like release times on the dynamic yeah, yeah. equalizer, which is, Probably, if you're not into this, you're like, this is gold, you know, gobbledygook. <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I love the, the production, uh, you know, talk about this kind of stuff. That That's definitely something, you know, we can get into. I'm, I'm not an expert, but I, I've had some recording experience. But that that is so cool. So you guys connected on Twitter and, you know, were you sending files back and forth, I guess? Was that... Yeah. So basically yeah. it would be, I mean, especially for as 
in terms of the star crumbles as a project, like mm-hmm. Brian was saying, it was just, I had this piece of music that I thought sounded pretty cool. I didn't really know what to do with it. And it was, it was here's the backing track of what could potentially be a song. And then Brian comes up with a melody and lyrics and sings on top of it. And, you know, then we have a song and that basically put into place the pattern that we have followed ever since. I'll record a bunch of music, send it to Brian, he'll record vocals on top of it. Yeah, that's so cool. quite a backlog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, wow, I, that's an amazing challenge. How, how did you hold yourself to that? I mean, with um <laughs> which, which which of the challenges i guess uh like just recording the a song a week that's awesome oh that yeah oh Brian's back to that yeah. How, that was just a very internal me thing it was started in the pandemic um i had been prior to the pandemic i'd been making uh going out and playing uh four and five nights a week uh shows and got to that point of like ah what am i gonna do yeah same here yeah yeah to express myself and it just was this important thing for me to be able to do and you know with the intention of growth and learning and really wanting to get better at production um and the only way you can do that is just do right yeah uh it was great and at a certain point you know about week 30 then like people like mark and other people were along for the journey and that gave me the ability to finish it off because you at at, at, you know at a certain point you're just like whoa this is what have i done right (laughs) what have i done and uh and having people encouraging me and knowing that like there was people every Thursday that were waiting for the next song to see if how I were you get releasing the songs? Like how was that? Were you putting them up on like Bandcamp or YouTube? Uh, Distro or... Distro Kid and it Distro was like, okay. get out on all the services. So it was That's every so cool. you know I've got if you go to Brian Lambert, you, there's a lot of songs there. <laughs> okay <laughs> um and then the the album is called the ghost of dancing slow what's kind of behind the title did you guys both come up with that or well in in a weird way yes what yeah. happened was we recorded <laughs> our first song and there's a line in there where i think brian's saying the ghosts are dancing slow but i okay. misheard that as the ghost of dancing slow and so I just started and I didn't I didn't say anything like to Brian specifically like, oh, that's a cool line. I just assumed that was the line right. and I just threw that out as a possible album title. And then from there, it just kind of grew. So it was just me mishearing a lyric that led to that that album title. Yeah, and it's I mean, I want to say it's a great album. I really do enjoy it. Um, you know, I've been telling people about you guys. I, I really enjoy it a lot. So I, I do oh, want to say it's come together really really well was thank that you. is that line in desperately wanting the, the first song yes I it is misheard yeah. too. <laughs> no i it, it 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 is not what i sang but it is what i sing right <laughs> yeah yeah right <laughs> when i sing the song live and thematically it made sense though um because the the album has a lot of in, in, imagery about it's a lot about the past, mm-hmm. you know, and working through that in whatever way I was in super duper intensive therapy, working through a lot of ghosts at the, at the time. And so it was definitely an album of that moment for me personally, lyrically. And and one of our listeners mentioned it has kind of a Southern Gothic feel, just that phrase, Ghost of Dancing Slow. Yeah. And, and I definitely agree with that. And I also just have this image in my head of, I mean, what does the Ghost of Dancing Slow, what does that phrase even mean? And to me, it means this idea of as you get older, you can remember, at least personally, I can remember, you know, when you're younger 
and like that that romance of dancing slow and that that idea of being young and you know falling in love and all that um and just kind of wanting to hold on to those kinds of memories of of the things that you remember and they're thematically the album circles back to to ideas along that along those lines pretty pretty consistently i think yeah it really crystallizes that that feeling um what you know what were kind of some of the the musical influences that you guys were were tuned into was it i mean i'm assuming probably older records or was there some newer stuff that was influencing you as well I, th I mean, personally, it definitely, there's a lot of 80s new wave, like The Cure. Right. And uh, New Order and Joy Division for me, but also, I guess, more modern, uh, probably bands like LCD Sound System or MGMT. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Know, kind of following that same footpath, they're natural extensions of that music from the 80s. Totally. Yeah, same thing. I would throw in there Echo and the Bunnymen. Yeah. Uh, a lot of that a lot of that eighties British goth kind of stuff. You know, I've always been a fan of I've always been a fan of the those big drums of that era. The you know, you hear the snare drum and it just kind <laughs> of blossoms every time it gets hit. Yeah, it, it totally captures that vibe in the best way. You know, it, it doesn't it's a homage, but it doesn't uh feel like one. It still feels yeah, yeah, I know you guys is, you know, stamp on it, which I really like. It's a um, bit like Shaun of the Dead, where it's right. like, yeah, that's like, it's a Shaun of the Dead is a zombie movie, like yes. made by people who love zombie movies, right? And we made a new wave album because we love new wave. It's not intended to be like pastiche or retro throwback. It's just like this is the music we love, so this is the music we're making. Yeah. <laughs> totally who as in terms of tracking you know kind of who is playing what i mean are, are you guys more guitar players or more keyboard players or i played most of most of the instruments that you hear okay. uh although i mean brian brian clearly is an established musician in his own right in the sense obviously he did the 52 week song challenge right Totally on his own, but I think with this project, what was interesting for me anyway was the ability to just record a piece of music that that works as a piece of music, but that I could be confident in handing it off to somebody else. So I'm playing, I mean, in terms of, of actually Almost playing, of yeah, as a, as yeah. a well, I take a lot of, I made a conscious decision in this that I was going to uh, really, for me, the opportunity to just focus on experimenting with some different lyricism. Um, and That's cool. Yeah, I, I do do, I do do, uh, goodness, I got, <laughs> sorry, I've got kids. And, he like, said do-do. I said do-do. <laughs> um, a lot, in this album, I made the conscious decision that I wasn't going to play any guitar. And so I add a lot of the top line synth melodies, like okay. desperately wanting and yeah. shadows in the dark and lots of top melodic lines for the synth. I will do that because I decided then. But then on our single personal Jesus, which you can get uh that that's out now, but was available with Bandcamp, I okay. actually played guitar. The okay. Okay. On that one. I was going to ask because that sounds like was fairly <laughs> recently. You guys released that as the that Star was, Purples. Yeah, was that one just this year? I mean, oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah was, we did yeah. it right after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Because it's a Christmas song. Yes. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. Obviously, right? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Everybody, everybody in my neighborhood has a personal Jesus on their lawn right now. Yeah. yeah. It's like this big. We've got lots it's in a manger. Lot, everywhere yeah. I go for a walk, there's a personal Jesus. I mean, I live in Texas in the Bible Belt, so there's lots of... Lots of personal Jesuses. Lots of personal Jesus. <laughs> we, we've got a little mini nativity scene next to our, our Christmas trees. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's cool. But where are you guys? So you're in Texas, and then you're in... I'm outside of Philadelphia. Outside. Okay. Yeah, I'm in Virginia. So okay. We're... Yeah. yeah, we're practically neighbors. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, relative yeah. to us. I mean, we're, yeah. you know. But we did actually get to meet this summer, which was really that's great. Awesome. And yeah. that's where we came up with all the fun uh, story and the documentary. That There's came. a documentary? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh I didn't. Oh, I had no idea. Oh, where? we'll have to send you that. It's uh, yeah. It's fun. So we have this documentary, the premise of which... Brian and I came up with when he came up to Philly and we we're just sitting on the train going into town. And I, Brian, did, you said something like, oh, hey, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, we invented this story that we we were a band in the 80s and now we're finally releasing our album? Yeah, I think it was something like, yeah, it was it, it, there was definitely just a lot of back and forth going on. Yeah. And then ideas. and I said something like, well, what's let's make a little documentary about that. So it's this kind of um we just got all of our friends who are either musicians or filmmakers or writers or, you know, even actors. And they just kind of came in and and it's kind of like a behind the music kind of thing where everybody comments on how they remember stuff we were doing in the 80s. And right. so it, it weaves this mythology about who the Star Crumbles are and and what we're all about. Well, and what was so great was we really gave them very mild prompting. It, we did not tell them anything other than like, hey, we're a band in the 80s. What do you remember about touring? What do you remember about shows? What do you remember about this stuff? And yeah. then they just made up this whole thing. And then Mark really in, somehow takes all of this different footage and weaves a somewhat logical narrative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it was funny because I mean, we had we had friends from around the world. I mean, yeah. seriously, around the world. I mean, Australia, we had people, Australia, uh, all throughout the United States, the UK. Wales. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was that's um, amazing. I yeah, mean, I don't know, ten. Or, I don't know. I want to say eight or ten uh, different different people, and yeah. just taking all of their diverse versions of the story and editing together that that arc that actually makes sense you know that was it was it was a bit of a challenge but it was also fun because it was seeing all these people uh some of whom i've met in person but most of whom i haven't yeah. but that i'm friendly with and i just i just uh, just was a incredibly flattered that that they took the time to just i mean it's not even just phoning it in i mean they are they're just <laughs> delivering you know i mean it's like wow these people are 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 embodying fans members of our band um just music executives everything that that just kind of made the really really made it feel when you watch it it feels like you're watching an actual documentary about a band that was indeed around in the 80s yeah that's that's amazing you know. yeah we'll have to send you the link yeah please do i mean i I mean, it sounds like uh, this This would be like a special edition version, you know, <laughs> like you buy the album and then it's got the DVD and stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, so yeah, cool. exactly. Well, yeah. and it was funny, too, because we were able to use that to play into we had initially planned to release the documentary and the album on the same day. <clears throat> but being how I'm going to say me, so <laughs> Mark is also like we like to yeah. want just right. I was like, nope, got to pull the whole album down. <laughs> I'm gonna remaster it again. I like, I got a vision. So you and mastered so it. We we used that, like, and we're like, well, like, album's not gonna be released. Oh, album got lost again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was like, oh, more legal wranglings with our former record label, and they're they're holding things up. Oh, but okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian mastered the album, oh. and then remastered the album and probably re-remastered the album yeah i think i did it a few times <laughs> like it i get it I, I think that's one of the things that both mark and i are very uh we're just obsessed with sound mm -hmm. and even on uh one of the tracks that i'm gonna release uh in the coming year uh mark came back and played some drums on it and it's very like hmm I don't know about this drum part and we're back and forth talking about it, but I, I love it because what it ends up doing is pushing us to really expand our skill set and make some really, what I believe to be some really great sounding stuff. 
And, and really even developing a very precise language when we talk to each other about production. You know, it's, I mean, I think when we started working together, there was a little, oh, something sounds off in, in, you know, in the mix, maybe in the bass range or something. But now we're, we're very much like, I think if you notch out uh, 4,000 hertz, that's going to make the cymbal sound less harsh. You know, right. and, and because wow. we've been going back and forth so much, we can we can say, oh, yeah. And even as Brian suggests that or even as I'm mixing, it's like, oh, I know that Brian's probably going to make that 4000 hertz suggestion. I'll I'll do that just going into it so that. You know, we can we can skip that step of Brian having to tell me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. because it's like because he because he's right, too, because then then I make the change. It's like, oh, yeah, that sounds a lot more pleasant to the ear. Yeah, because it's all about, I mean, that's, and to geek out on production, like, that's the beauty of putting together a mix, is figuring out how those different frequencies and everything, they'll stack up or whatever it is, and there's just certain, you learn in the course of it, like, oh, yeah, there's certain problem frequencies around 4,000 that are going to make, you know, that symbol is going to make the vocal not or you won't be able to hear the vocal as well, or notching out that 4,000 frequency with a de will make the vocal stand up in front a little bit more. And those are the things that are exciting to me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so with the recording, was this, you know, as far as your tracking, was this all like home recording or was some of it done in studios or? Everything was done at home. Yeah. Home? And That's so, amazing. Yeah. You know, I have my little, I mean, I have my basement space and I have a little room that is uh, that I just have a drum. It's a really, really cramped, tiny room that I have a drum set set up in and I do my drum recording in there. Everything else I do direct into my uh, audio interface and it goes directly into my laptop and, and then I just send it off to Brian. That's yeah, and I, and I don't even have anything. Yeah. I just don't have a, a space for it in my house. So I've got a mobile cart and the microphone can go wherever there's a room. And oftentimes it's at my kitchen cable. And I'm just like, I'm a super huge fan of the uh, Isotope RX audio, like cleaning, you know, software, because it really makes home recording possible because you can get rid of all of that excess noise that like that's the that's the main advantage of going into a studio over your home is going right. into a wonderfully sound treated room with great sure. microphones and that's what you're paying for right. but now you're able to through the use of technology kind of get past that and take out the yucky stuff mm -hmm. absolutely and i mean you don't have to deal with uh I i've dealt with some engineers that were engineer slash producer and mm. it was kind of i don't know there would be some like decisions made that i i wouldn't have done even though it's nice gear it's like well this is i still would like it more in this kind of vein i felt like i did a lot more uh explaining you know what i was looking for than actual tracking sometimes which can be frustrating so. yeah yeah and i've i mean the couple yeah. of times i've been in a studio i've i've just kind of find it alienating in mm -hmm. the sense of okay i'm not familiar with the space and i'm always right. very conscious of all right how many you know how much does yeah. this cost how many are and at home it's just i mean say when brian and i are mixing we can go back and forth you know and work on something for hours and not oh, have yeah. to worry about it or at home just yeah. recording it's just oh, okay that guitar part didn't sound quite right let me do it again and it's it's all ever all the all the variables are within our control and we're in comfortable places where we're recording. And so I think that really makes the, the music sound, if not necessarily more relaxed, at least more like, like we're enjoying making it. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't uh, do the number of takes. I mean, I just can't afford, I mean, I, I would just need to be like Prince and live in the studio because yeah. <laughs> I like, for example, as we're starting this new album, I'm trying to find my voice in in this new project part of it. And the first song I 
took about you know three or four hundred passes at so wow <laughs> that, okay. that would be that would be kind of That's pricey awesome. uh in a nice studio and if you're the beatles you know then you know you can just live in abbey road yeah right yeah i mean I, you hear like stories of like butch big being like kurt he double tracked his vocals you're gonna need to go in and sing that chorus a few more times <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think that that's a thing that like, yeah. especially for home recording people that we, that I don't think they realize. And I want I, 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 that pop goes music when they talk about like uh, even things like Backstreet Boys and all of those things, they'll go in for a week and sing it and sing it and sing it and sing it until it's right. Right. You know, that's sometimes yeah. what you have to do. And with home recording, you have that's to me the biggest advantage to it is you can just tweak it until it's, you know, what you would consider the best it's going to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's the other edge of that sword too, where you have to make it some, at some point, you have to make a decision and, and go with it. But sure. Um, I think in terms of if you're really trying to, flesh something out or I can only speak about like what I'm doing now with the next album where I've got demos and I'm listening and able to go back in and really find the part I want to play, especially with, I think, vocal melodies, at least for me, that's such a, a huge part. And it's the part that most people notice right away. And yeah. so you want to get it so that it really resonates with people yeah totally um you i mean the the process you guys have going on kind of reminds me I, do you guys like the national yeah they're cool at all it's similar to that i mean it, he would send uh their singer matt demos and he would kind of you know, he's listening to a bunch of different kind of just pieces that they have and he'd be like okay yeah i like that one let's let's develop that that's uh that's awesome yeah, I always think of um, Johnny Marr and, and Morrissey, Johnny Marr, where yeah. Johnny Marr would drop a tape in Morrissey's mailbox right. and just right. kind of, all right, let's see <laughs> see how this develops into a song. Like that, of course, uh, makes me Morrissey, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right, Brian always just, you know, we'll talk, we're like, what's the point? What's it? <laughs> let's be sad forever. Yeah. I, yeah. I just crystallized Morrissey in that time frame. I don't think of anything past smith's 1980 you know? okay yeah. 1988 yeah that's probably yeah. wise that's probably a good way to, to remember him <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the rest of them like all right yeah, yeah um so you guys are working on you know a new album um was there any talk of you know maybe doing some touring or streaming for this album or how do you guys feel about playing live or is that not really something well, it's kind of i mean we each have individually played our songs live uh mm -hmm. which is almost like i don't know it's like almost having two versions of our band you know it's right. uh, it's, it's a much more amicable version of what i would describe as you know brian wilson and the beach boys touring separately right yeah and uh so you know i've i've played here a couple times and i'll do a set with Star Crumbles. Actually, when I played, I opened for a friend of ours named Skoopsky, who okay. is, uh, he's a he's he's kind of part of our 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 online scene, Circle, our yeah. core scene. And uh, but I specifically asked for the venue when they put up our names to just say the Star Crumble. Okay. So that it would just be like. You're you're going to see one of the Star Crumbles tonight, so it's right. the Star Crumble. We're not going to let you know which one, though. We're in right. Philadelphia, so you can probably guess. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I am very much open and love the idea of that. Uh, were it to to make sense uh, at all, um, you know, I think yeah, there's challenges, of course, being that we're both, you know, at home. You know, I've got family and kids i mean and the and the biggest one of all of course is that he's in philadelphia and i'm in denton texas which is you know like a three-day drive yeah so it would make rehearsals difficult and and also i mean just the 
Well, you could do it in meta, you know? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We could do that. We could do that. And now we'd have legs, apparently. So that would be fun. And we would also, but I think the other issue too is trying to figure out, all right, so is it going to be, are we going to do stripped down acoustic versions of these songs or are we going to try to put a band together? There are a lot of other variables that would be involved too. And, 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 and one represents expenses that we probably couldn't afford. Are you guys opposed to tracks? You know, maybe Mm, you guys. No, 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 not at all. In fact, our friend Skoopsky, who I mentioned, he plays to a track, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's a show. It's him and his guitar and playing to a track, which would be, which would be cool. And also our new work, a new album we're working on is a little more, it it leans a little more heavily electronic. Oh yeah. And I feel like that lends itself a little bit more to playing to a track in a way an audience would, would be able to kind of identify with. Right. If the opportunity or when the opportunity, I'll put it like that, presents itself, I I look, I think it's a super exciting challenge to figure out how we would do it. I would love it to be an exciting opportunity that would be, would mean, and we need to bring in a band. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right? yeah. Help us perform it, mm-hmm. you know. I'd love it to be something like that. And, but, and I, I think we can make it an exciting show acoustic or with tracks or any of those different ways i think i just i love the challenge of uh music whatever it may be and just kind of getting out there and having an experience you know for people absolutely i mean my favorite show i've seen ever is i I saw nine inch nails back in i don't know 2009 um and I mean, he's he's got five people on stage. They're all switching instruments. Mm-hmm. He's switching the entire stage setup. I mean, it was like seeing, I I, I don't know, like some sort of like show on Broadway, but with Nine Inch Nails, and like the whole stage would just totally be different. Um, yeah, that that to me would be like the dream kind of setup, just to be able to have that kind of presentation. Oh yeah, it's amazing when yeah. people take full advantage of the stage you know it's yeah. I, I had a similar experience actually with a, a pet shop boys concert oh, and nice. the show that they yeah. put on is just amazing i mean it's it's two guys and really it's you know uh chris lowe is behind just really just just standing behind a keyboard the whole time and neil Tennant singing but they're you know there are these costume changes and they just have these dancers come on and their projections on the screen and it's just this this wild almost like Cirque du Soleil type of experience exactly yeah yeah and when you I, I my experience would would be something like when I saw Prince where it's like a big oh, cross yeah. in the middle of the the audience and he's all over yeah. the place going up through the the music starts and it never stops the whole right night. you know it's just like one right into the next it's like a whole like an opera almost but like with right exciting energy and you know though i'm sure there's exciting operas out there too and i don't want to denigrate the opera <laughs> oh no no <laughs> yeah for sure <laughs> um so let's see here um i guess that kind of covers most of my questions uh, i've got like a little lightning round for you guys i mean they're they're similar but basically just off the top of your head who would you say uh we'll we'll start with you mark who are your top favorite music artists just don't think about it okay um elvis costello uh tom petty new order depeche mode uh and let's say today bob dylan the killer list (laughs) yeah and i'm gonna go with like right now my favorite artist right now uh i'm kind of like obsessed with a band called uh fujiyama in and miyagi uh started off loving the beatles and tom petty the replacements joy division slash new order i kind of put that in the same like even though it's two different bands but to me it's a continuity yeah uh I also dabbled in country for a while. So I like artists like Jason Isbell. Nice. And um, that's been an influence on me. And 
I don't know. Death Cap for Cutie. Oh, uh, for sure. Uh, big yeah. one. And yeah, just. Yeah, that's. Also, right fun fact Brian played Buddy Holly. In a, that's right. I played Buddy it? Holly in a play. They said, we need a small, we need someone who can play a tall, skinny, awkward Texan who can sing and play guitar. Can you do that? And I'm like, <laughs> Did you have to shave the beard? Like yes, yes, yeah. I had to shave the beard, and yeah. um, and my wife yeah. immediately every any time over the last like fifteen years, I've shaved my beard. My wife is like, "So, when are you growing it back?" Like right. not even like pretty much as soon as it shaved. So right. yeah, as soon as the play was over, the beard came right back. You know, which is fine. It's a lot easier than shaving every day. Yeah, my, my my friend, uh, music friend, he his beard story is always, you know, his uh, father in law. He asked him, he's like, "Man, how do you uh, how do you have such a great beard?" He's like, "Don't shave." <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, <laughs> that's what you do. Yeah. Uh, how about shows, movies, top five? Ooh, TV Ooh. shows or um, it, either like, one, shows uh, or movies, either one. Oh, okay. Um. I love, I mean, I love Wes Anderson movies. Ooh, and, yeah, that's, yeah. And that's also Christopher Guest movies. You know, I think they're, sure. they're always yes. great. Yeah. Um, and my wife hates me. I make her watch Best in Show every year. Like, Whatever. <laughs> you're you're going to enjoy this. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we just, my wife and I just watched uh, Royal Tenenbaums again a couple days ago. Um, awesome. Really enjoyed that one. It's it's very it's both funny but moving at the same time. So that's definitely yeah. one of my one of my top easily top yeah. ten. I went as Richie for Halloween a few years back. I grew, let my that's hair great. grow out and have the <laughs> yeah 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 uh, yeah. I'm I'm a huge Wes Anderson fan. Uh, I also like uh, this movie by Don Coscarelli. John dies at the end. It's kind okay. of like horror philosophy, uh, very crude movie too. Like I've only seen that one time. It, it's been a while. I, I've been meaning to rewatch it, but I, I remember liking it. Yeah, I watched yeah. that one like multiple times. Uh, I really like uh, like movies that I've seen recently because me and my wife have been watching. My wife and I have been watching. Lots of good movies recently, uh, but Drive My Car, which was uh, based on a Hiroki uh, Murakami novel that came out last year, was a really good one that stuck with me recently. And uh, oh, gosh. And then we also just watched Booksmart, which was super funny. It's kind of I like, like that a lot. I, I found it very funny. Yeah. yeah. And it Watch was that one uh, twice. So, awesome. Yeah. Oh, and yeah, TV we've... shows, I would go with Twin Peaks. Mm. For sure. Yeah, TV shows. Oh, gosh. Um, I like the new Sandman series that just came out. Um, Neil Gaiman, huge fan of his work. Um, I don't know. that. There's so many good ones out there. That one's like such a, a tough one. Schitt's Creek is kind of one of those shows where I actually feel like there's not... One of those rare shows where there's not a bad episode of it. Right. You know, yeah. which is tough to put out five seasons where like every single episode's actually really good. Yeah. So. And that, I mean, that ties in, a, you know, Christopher Guest and, mm -hmm. and that's kind of his core people in that too. So, yeah. 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 That's cool. What we do in the shadows is funny. I don't know if you guys watch that. I, I have that. not seen any of the show. I, I do like the movie a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a huge Flight of the Concords fan. Okay. Um, so, I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I appreciate like anything those guys four, do. Four episodes because it's got its it's got its own it's if you go in expecting the movie, then you're gonna be like, oh, this isn't the movie. Mm -hmm. But after you get into it, you're like it's I actually probably like it better than the movie. So mm -hmm. it's it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean I agree. I you know <laughs> I, I find it hard to beat werewolves, not swearwolves. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, well, I want to thank you guys so much for, for coming on the show. Um, you know, I will definitely uh, tell people to 
to check out your music, where where can everyone find you? Where, where do you want people to find you? Usually, I mean, Spotify, wherever they stream music is fine. Yeah. I mean, if, um, okay. if they're looking, if they're not sure, there's always Song Whip, you know, just go Is to there anywhere Whip. to get like a physical copy of the album? Uh, no, we don't. We didn't okay. release anything. We didn't release a CD or anything like that. Um, yeah. That's kind of, yeah. I don't know, we could, we could think of that as long-term goal. It's kind of build build a following, and then if there's enough of an audience to, I don't know, press vinyl or something, maybe. But for yeah. now, it's, it's all streaming or, or downloads. I'm Do you have any kind of like idea of when the new album's going to be released? Kind of a release time frame? Uh, I mean, we're moving right along with recording it. I think then it's more a question of, I don't know, mixing. Ma- I mean, sometime next year, probably somewhere in the middle. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know, I think June's reasonable. Yeah. For the okay. whole album, I would anticipate we'll probably drop a single March, April ish, if not sooner. I'm going to drop something that we all, that Mark had a hand in and some other friends uh in january so we want to give space for you know things to like have their air i guess or whatever you want to it and then yeah you can only promote so many things at once it's very hard to promote more than no i i totally agree uh project have you guys (laughs) had it seems like you've had really good positive feedback on the album as you know as a anybody kind of written any reviews or anything like that or oh yeah um i mean Um, if i don't know if you follow eclectic music lover mm -hmm. it's oh that's you should i i I always recommend to people who ask oh who should i who's whose blogs should i follow if i'm into music eclectic music lover it's Mm -hmm. it's uh a guy named jeff archuleta and he he had really i mean he listened to the whole album and really had a lot of insightful things to say about it and just really and 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 really praised it and it was we were incredibly incredibly grateful for his kind words about the album and you know a couple of other people have reviewed some of our uh the two singles that we released ahead of ahead of the album which are also on the album but uh yeah a lot of just really nice um i think jangle pop hub is another blog that described I I forget the exact wording, but it was something about how our first single was his favorite song of the year so far, something like that. So yeah, it was was, yeah, it was some nice stuff. And um, then oh gosh, I'm my I can't believe I'm blanking. But the for the there was also a really great review from oh gosh. it is just totally escaping me right now, but he's in our circle. Quiz boy, oh my gosh! No. Oh, from yeah, Audio what? Mirage Studios. Quiz boy, yes, Audio, Audio, thank okay. you, Audio Mirage Studios. <laughs> he wrote a very long one, and it was a very cool. like he he was aware of all of the movie and and everything. That was like I felt like I learned something about myself from that review. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I think that's kind of the cool thing too when when you read reviews, especially now I don't think people by and large write reviews these days to take someone down. You know, most of the yeah. time people are reviewing music, it's oh, here's a thing that I like and I discovered and I want to share it with other people. So, you know, we're fortunate that yeah, the reviews we've gotten are positive, but also that they're they're people who are listening because they like they already like the kind of music we're making, so they can make these connections and say, "Ah, cool. Well, this kind of sounds like New Order. This kind of sounds like Echo and the Bunnymen, or something like that." And then when they kind of tell it back to you, it's you get this feeling of, "Oh, good. Someone got what I was doing." And then, as Brian's saying, sometimes when they tell you things that you might not have consciously been aware you were doing you start also thinking oh actually yeah that's a good point i i didn't even think i was doing that on a conscious level but now well and it also better. the thing of the reviews and things that have come out what has always like surprised me was one of the songs on the album where i felt the most unsure like 
is this a good idea? The past, present, and future walk into a bar, spoken word thing. I was like, <clears throat> I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't know, but this could be awful. Let's, let's do it anyway. But that's for some people that's been their favorite song. And so it, it's a good lesson and, you know, Hey, take those chances, put it out there. Yeah, no, that was uh, Phil Thomas. Uh, the he he does an audio blog where he reviews music. I think it's if you want to look for him on Twitter, he's Phil Thomas songwriter. Phil and Thomas, yeah, okay. that was his that was his favorite song, and it was and it's the kind of thing too where it in the old days it was oh man we want to get signed to a label so they can pay so that we can make an album, but then you know they might a label might hear that and say well that's a weird track and that's not a single and no we're not going to let you release it whereas releasing stuff on our own it's hey the, yeah admittedly it is a weird track it's it's not what you would normally hear but as a result it stands out and and people take notice of it and that can then become their favorite track right yeah and I love that about what we're we're doing is that <clears throat> at least for me it allows me to take some chances and try some different things lyrically and then push myself outside of my comfort zone and you know maybe people will like it maybe maybe it speaks to people but you don't know unless you take that chance and put it out there yeah and they're right. just these interesting little idiosyncrasies in our songs that I think really make them come alive, you know, yeah. and, it, and it's because we take those chances and because we do weird little things with our music and, and because, you know, we're in dialogue with each other and, and just talking through like, Oh wait, okay. On the piece of music I wrote it, the timing feels like this, but then you want a little more. I mean, there was a, a track we were working on last week where it was, um, I had sent Brian this piece of music and then he recorded it and then you know rightly so in my mind he had some space between the end of the verse and the beginning of the chorus but at the same time i was like "Ooh, i want that beginning of the chorus to hit at the same time as this guitar chord that i hit which actually happens earlier and so we kind of had to go back and forth to figure out well how do we make what brian wants and what i want to happen in the song and so then it becomes okay if we add an extra measure of music here and instead of saying eight bar verse, which is, you know, kind of the industry standard, if you will, now it's yeah. a nine bar verse because we wanted to to give that extra breathing room. And then Yeah, and the and the solution that we came up with or that Mark came up with in that from the back and forth on that, the like the asking questions. Cause I think we we've got this, I think the the mutual respect allows mm -hmm. us just to ask get the i i know that this is often a challenge for collaboration is people starts to to get like offended when they like ask a question about something like hey i i feel like this there's some opportunity for space here and then people get so attached to like demoitis or whatever yeah 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 <laughs> and we have this mutual works west where it's just like a question is is just a question and we're very open to the idea of too of like, cool. We'll just we'll just do both. Like, yeah, yeah, do both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like, all right. Like, here's the like. Well, okay, this will be the bonus track, where here's what we originally had, and then you can kind of hear how it evolved into something a little bit different that that takes all these different variables into consideration. Yeah, yeah I'm always so. the annoying guy that's like, I think it sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, they're like, well, what do you think about that? I'm like, I don't know. I think it sounds really good, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm, we, I'm, I'm we, like the overly positive one. Yeah, the, and, and we tend to be pretty positive. I mean, for the most <laughs> right. part, it's just like, yeah, right. this sounds awesome. Let's go with it. Yeah, right. and then just occasionally it's this, okay, this is a little bit off. How do we fix it? Yeah, yeah. And, and, that, and that's okay, too, because ultimately okay. I think we're just concerned with putting out enjoyable tunes to listen to and if one of us isn't enjoying it yeah then it's right like okay well then like yeah then we got we have an answer and it, it pushes us to to look for a new solution 
which oftentimes leads to a more interesting musical solution, I guess, or musical. Oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, I, what I we to- originally had in the first place, which like when if you can yeah, yeah. if you yeah. can tolerate that discomfort and ask, asking questions and being okay with what uh, someone else's vision is and trying to bring them together the results can be awesome awesome yeah 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 you know yeah and that's i mean that's a perfect example that you you said you know you were like well i thought this moment was like the big chorus but yeah that that's a really perfect example of that cuz i've i've collaborated too where it's like yeah, I've got all this stuff mapped out for you, like sing it here, but actually, you know, taking that time to kind of reframe it and, you know, made it better. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So Yeah. And, and the thing is we can both, because we're both capable of doing it. If I want to do something that I just want to do it totally, completely my way. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. can <laughs> right. that piece of music and do that. <laughs> right, but right. that, not as fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and there's something really cool about just the phrase like, oh, okay, I could say, you know, it's it's Mark Schuster of the Star Crumbles. You know, it's like being sure. a gang. You know, it's like, oh, wow, there's this thing that's bigger than me, but that I get to be a part of, which is, yeah. which is fun. Being in a band. I mean, and being in a band with someone that you enjoy talking to about i don't know we our conversations range like digestive issues <laughs> yes yeah. like yeah, hey have you, have you ever heard that thing where your stomach does this it's like yeah, yeah that happens to me yeah. too oh, wow that's good good to know yeah but art in general and just what we're trying to uh accomplish with the music because we 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 definitely talk about especially with this upcoming album like, what are we trying to do? What is this album about? And mm-hmm. then Mark is playing into that. He's playing into those themes that we're discussing and creating music. And then I can go and work with that. To... Yeah, yeah. With this new one, before we even started, Brian just explicitly said, you know, our last one was about kind of closing a door on the past or, yeah. or reckoning with the past and i'd like this new one to be about looking ahead to the future right which makes perfect sense so it's like yeah let me try to compose pieces of music that kind of have more of an uplifting the sun is rising it's a new day kind of feel to them and you know then kind of not perhaps not surprisingly the, the first the first set of lyrics that brian recorded vocals for the song's called Brand New Sunrise. And so, you know, everything everything just does have that feeling of, okay, cool, we have a new day dawning. This is what our album's about. Yeah, so it's, it's I don't know, for me, it's a great experience. And I really, I enjoy being in a band with Mark. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's super awesome. I can tell you guys, you know, have a real rapport there. And it, it seems like it happened fairly quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which... Yeah, I would say the only drawback again is, you know, we've managed to bridge the the ge- geographical distance uh, pretty well through technology. But I think the only time that it would be helpful if you know Brian lived down the street would be when we're mixing, right? Because it's always okay. What do you think of this mix? And like email it, and then you know Brian's living his life, and then it's like get back to me. It's like okay. Maybe if we fix it, whereas if we're in the same room mixing, it could be, oh, you know, okay, just bring this slider down this much. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's try this. Let's throw this here and try to like what we're trying to accomplish. But I think, though, to be I, I actually would love that. And to me, it would be great if we because I would love to figure out how to play shows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that part being closer. But I do. On the flip side of that, I do love how i think one of the things that helped us both improve in our mixes is because we have to listen and help us develop this th- the language is yeah. that we had to listen and then we have to think about okay 
how am I going to tell him? Yeah, that's that's definitely that's ab- absolutely important. You know, and that's been a that's been a, a big I I think it's helped us get better by that. But I would still also like that. A lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be from, from just a social perspective would be, hey, let's yeah. let's hang out and grab a beer on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And then just like, yeah, let's low pass that there. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Let's, Low pass it here. <laughs> yeah. What I, do you mean 4,000 hertz? I was going to go at 3,800 hertz. Right. <laughs> what do you mean? That and hurts. I, my experience in, in like studios and things, it's like, you know, I've tracked pretty much all day. Okay, now we have to mix. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there on this couch for like five hours. Your ears are already shot. Yes. And you're trying to think critically about this type of stuff. I'm like, that's why I pay you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and I found that like if mixing is definitely a thing done best, like snap quick, it's what your ears hear right away and learning how to do what you want to do. I I spend a lot more time listening now than I do Mm -hmm. unless I'm trying to like figure out a, a solution to a certain thing. And then it's like, okay, well, let's try that. Yeah. And then afterwards, I then I let it sit and I let it breathe, and come back and listen and be. Did I actually solve the problem that I was trying to fix, or did I make it worse, or did it not make any difference at all? Which is oftentimes what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or that that would usually be my my response. I'm like, I don't hear a gigantic difference in this, but sure, it made it better. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes it's cool. like, um, wait, am I am I really here? Because occasionally Brian will send me an email with two files. It's like, listen to this one and listen to this one. Do you hear a difference? I think I hear a difference. And it's like, if you do hear a difference, try to explain to me what you think the difference is, and we'll see if if that's the difference I think I'm hearing. And so again, it's that developing that shared language of, oh yeah. And then sometimes it's like, I'll say something like, yeah, you know, I think in the one it sounds like um every, you know everything's kind of spread out in in the stereo field but in the second one it sounds like some of it if you can imagine uh a big bowl and most of the most of the music is within there but then then there's something floating above the bowl and it's like you know it's like okay i, I maybe that's how i'd describe what i'm hearing i don't know but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's fun, and I, I, the things I think that we enjoy, uh, which is the you know the production part of it for sure, um, is is what makes this work. Yeah, totally. And I, I think with um, you know, us being a little a little bit older, you do see more of that. I guess, for lack of a better word, like holistic producer lens whereas i feel like younger songwriters you know they're they're excited about just being able to play some chords and things like that and, mm-hmm. and record it but you guys are taking that broad viewpoint which is cool yeah yeah definitely i just want to make music that people yeah. enjoy listening to at this point i right. mean like that's you know like it i, I wanted uh, i am i probably especially when we were mastering the last album that's a listener experience is mm-hmm top of mind for me very cool as as a listener i i really do like what you guys are doing and i'm really excited to see you know what this next record is going to sound like and uh i'm hoping in like five years you guys can do like a cure trilogy show (laughs) (laughs) that would be cool to do it yeah so i'd be down thank you guys again so much uh for coming on um any other thoughts or anything you want to add no, I mean, just that, you know, I'm, I'm really feel fortunate to be able to make music with Brian. It's, it's, it's just been an enjoyable experience completely all the way down the line. Yeah. Likewise, equally. And thank you so much for having us on today and uh, letting us talk about it. Uh, we definitely like doing that too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. yeah. Well, thank you guys. Uh, you know, I uh, hope you have a great rest of your, your Sunday and, uh, you know thank you again absolutely yeah. thank you absolutely. all right we'll guys have a good one hey you too thank Bye. you thank you for listening to the pedestrian at best podcast 
If you like the show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify or anywhere else that you may be listening. You can add us on Twitter, just search at pedestrian, or you can add us on Instagram, just search pedestrian at best podcast. We hope you are doing well and thanks for listening.